Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Here you go. Here you go. Rose. That's the nothing. Pus- per- <laughs> 4869, it's Friday. I'm about to start this 48-hour challenge, and I can't even get the word of the day out right. Start again, Coca. 269, Rose. Nothing personal word of the day. It is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. We are live on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. You see a QR code on the screen right now. If you click it, that will get you right to the Michael J. Fox donation page. We are raising money for Parkinson's, trying to cure it. Any sort of donation over $250, and we'll send you some nothing personal merchandise. No problem. Thank you for your support. We're starting at 10 a.m. today, ending 10 a.m. on Sunday. Four miles every four hours for 48 hours. But first, it's a day that ends with why. That's not a weekend. We've got a show. And we're starting with Rose because... There is a great reality show that is happening right now. sag afters on strike. Writers are on strike. We're seeing it is a moment for all of Unscripted. Congratulations to my friend, great friend, historic friend, Allison, working for Fox Unscripted, president Fox Unscripted, new show every other day. The one that's coming out starting soon caught my attention because... I'm not sure that people understand what's happening in real life here. There's a show called The Golden Bachelor. Now we know about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. We know that you go and you give a rose, you get a rose, you try to find love, you do find love, you don't find love. It's majorly overproduced. They make scandal. Some of them stay married or get married. Love is blind, whatever. But then they said, it's enough of all these younger demographic people, good looking. How about if we do Golden Bachelor? Let's get in, not just a middle-aged guy, but an upper middle-aged, lower upper age. Let's get him in. His name is Jerry with a G. Let's get a bunch of women who are not in the normal demographic, but they're amazingly accomplished and attractive, whatever the case may be. And let's see if we can find love for a widower and a bunch of other women. Great, perfect, put it on. It debuts on September 28th. So Jerry, the Golden Bachelor, will have to find somebody to give a rose to, but there's another game going on and the Golden Bachelor, and it's not being filmed anywhere, His name is Gianni Infantino. Gianni Infantino is the president of FIFA. FIFA, the most corrupt organization in the world. Never seen a bribe they don't like. Never seen payola they can't take advantage of. 
season starts in the National Football League and the cameras point to the golden bachelor Gianni sitting there with Jerry Jones at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. And it got me thinking. The Men's World Cup in 2026 is taking place in North America. That's Canada, that's the United States, and that's Mexico. But the true rose is the finals of the World Cup. And guess what hasn't been announced quite yet? Where will the finals be? And if you run your own stadium, if you're Jerry Jones or if you're John Mara with the Giants, another Golden Bachelor, or you're Stan Kroenke and you have SoFi Stadium in LA, you're another Golden Bachelor, Jerry Jones, they are fighting amongst themselves to figure out the best way to get to Gianni. How will they find love? So Gianni goes to Dallas, but he doesn't just hang out with Jerry. He also realizes he has to have dinner, which he does with a bunch of people from Jersey because MetLife and AT&T Stadium, those are great candidates because if you host the World Cup final, you're not making a million dollars. You're going full Austin Powers. That's not a billion dollars. Or maybe Austin Powers was a million dollars. You're making tens of millions of dollars. Dans votre poche, right in your pocket. It is a big deal. Now, FIFA is always above board. They send an RFP to different stadia who fill it out. And then members of the board and the FIFA president look through all the submissions and they decide who they're gonna date. Who's gonna get the rose? It's all done in a totally kosher way. No mixing of milk and meat, no pork to be found and forget shellfish. Until you realize that that's not how it happens at all. The only way that a stadium will get the final in the World Cup is if Gianni gets some stuff. David, be careful. The lawyers are calling. Hold on. I'm hearing from Metal Arc's lawyers. No, this is not libel. I promise you, because it actually happens. Truth is an affirmative defense. How do you think the conversation went during the game? Do you think Jerry Jones was talking to him about the rules of the NFL. Look at my guys. God, Mike is good. Look at Tony Romo, he's the best quarterback ever. Look at those stars of fame. Hollywood Henderson, Ed, Two Tall Jones. Hey, Troy, do you wanna come down and say hi to Gianni? Emmett, anybody? Jimmy J? Do you think he took him around and said, look at all the great things we've done in the concession areas. We promise there's not gonna be big lines for all of your fans at the finals because of the way we do concessions. And people can interact with me as an AI guy, as one of the new things we have here at AT&T Stadium. Plus, can we talk to you about the ingress, Gianni? It's so amazing that there's no traffic whatsoever. And egress, mwah, chef's kiss. People will be home, tucked in the covers right at the end of the 90th minute, plus whatever minutes come after that. Absolutely not. Gianni and FIFA could not care less about what these stadiums have to offer. 
what the baubles are, what the interesting things are, the different parts of the stadium. Gianni's interested in where he is going to get and the rest of the FIFA board, where they're going to get the best deal. You remember November 18th of 2022, we reviewed FIFA Uncovered. And we saw what Sepp Blatter did, the former president, before Gianni took over. And it put not the D in dysfunction, but it put the C in criminality. So Jerry Jones has to figure out what's the cost of the rose. On the Golden Bachelor and The Bachelor, there's no cost. Maybe the cost is in beauty or in time on screen or in things that you do when the camera is off or with the family visit. But none of that matters now with FIFA. So what do you do when you realize in a business transaction that you may not be winning? Jerry Jones thinks he's in the pole position. John Marr is not too far behind. But you know when you're watching The Golden Bachelor or The Bachelor and then there's someone who's not getting a lot of screen time because we're all measuring how many minutes of confessionals every contestant gets and you realize, wow, contestant number Gimmo looks to be out of it. I wonder what they're going to do. And then they spill all the rice into the fire. Side note, my friend Jatia from Survivor 28, The Brains Tribe. Jatia, we love you. She is fighting a battle that she is going to win. But a battle she didn't win is when she took all the rice and poured it into the fire, creating total chaos. Stan Kroenke realizes that he's not winning the battle with Jerry Jones. And so he decided yesterday that he is going to create some issues for The Bachelor. He came out and said that, you know, we need more money. He dealt with The Athletic and there were leaks through The Athletic or articles in The Athletic where Kroenke basically said, we want more money. We're not happy, Kroenke said, with the terms of the games that we are due to host as part of the World Cup at SoFi. He thought there'd be more revenue, revenue in the early games. He thought there'd be a bigger guarantee of sponsorship dollars coming in, ticket revenue coming in, because what you may not know because it's not talked about is that in order to make money, you have to spend money. All of these stadia who are trying to host these games, they don't just stand up and say, hey, look at me. I'm a stadium in a great city in North America. Give me a game. Nope. You pay. Cronky, unhappy with all terms. So what does that exactly mean going forward? Well, it means that Gianni will continue to have dinners with people, New Jersey state officials, because governments are involved. He'll continue to negotiate with Jerry. And what he will do is that Kroenke is now out of it. You publicly complain about how we're sharing revenue with you. You publicly complain thinking that FIFA 2026 is not doing as well as everyone thought it was going to do. See you later. It's now a two-person race for Gianni's Rose. Roger Goodell is not going to get involved. He's going to stay as far away from that as possible. NFL doesn't want any part of this. But I wonder whether Jerry and John get together and figure out the best way to host the event in the cheapest way possible. Nope. 
the competition between the Giants and the Cowboys off the field, on the field, in business, for corporate dollars, figuring out how to increase valuations of their team. They do not want the other person to get the finals to the World Cup, which puts Gianni in the best position possible to extract the most value out of whichever person blinks first. Why do you think there's been no announcement of where the finals are going to be for FIFA 2026? It's pretty easy. Because they haven't finished extracting the last pound of flesh. So Shylock's going to walk right into their office. Jerry Jones is going to look at him and say, man, I've got to pinch myself. This must be a dream, Gianni. The chance to host the biggest game of the biggest sport in the world. Oh my God. I am dripping wet with excitement. Here's a dollar for you, a hundred million for you, no problem. And guess what? It's gonna work. The final of the World Cup is going to be in Dallas. And the reason why I'm so sure is that when Jerry Jones sees something, it's not that he says something, it's that he does something. And when you're FIFA and you're figuring out who to give the rose to, you're not looking around at the prettiest person. You're not looking for someone in the best shape. You're not looking for someone with the best veneers in town. You're looking for someone with the biggest bulge in their wallet. Wait to see is when I tell you something's gonna happen. When it does great, when it doesn't, fine. I'll own up to it. I'll admit it. The World Cup final will be at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. You can bet your bippy that's my wait to see. Let's talk about the New York Mets. Coke and I had a discussion before this as I was laying out my clothes for the first of 12 runs that I'm starting here in one hour and 47 minutes with a tropical depression, 30 mile an hour winds and a nightmare weather system coming here on Saturday. But don't worry, we're still doing it outside. Every four hours, there I'll be. And Coca had said, it's enough Mets. He's tired of it and he's the biggest Mets fan there is next to Scott, loves the Mets. And he doesn't want any more. He's so upset that the Mets are going down in history this year. The fourth team ever that is going to have a losing record the year after winning 100 games. And here's the worst part about it. It's not like they went into a rebuild. It's not like they pulled a Samson and said, hey, let's win a World Series, do a fire sale and see what happens. No, that's not a Samson. That's a Hyzinga. The Mets did the opposite of a fire sale. They have the highest payroll and luxury tax ever and they are going down in history. They will not finish at 500. How does that feel, Steve? Not so good. But don't worry, David Stearns has been hired. Billy Epler is back in place as GM under David Stearns. So Billy Epler can maybe call on Shohei because that'll be the reason Shohei comes to the Mets because Billy Epler brought him to the Angels and I'm sure that's what Shohei's focused on. Buck Showalter will decide. That's what you're gonna hear a lot of. I haven't decided where my head is for next year. Let me think about it. Total horse hockey. Either he gets canned or he doesn't. If he doesn't get canned, he will be back. But the reason I wanted to bring up the Mets again 
is what kind of situation exists where a team has a high payroll and they have a disastrous season. How do you keep a clubhouse together? We've read multiple articles, multiple reports, including the latest one from Ken Rosenthal about the San Diego Padres, how bad it is. Meanwhile, they can't lose recently. Everyone is excited they may make the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. They're gonna finish just well enough where they can say, hey, let's run it back. We ended up being okay, which is the greatest news ever for the Dodgers. But the Mets quietly had their own issues. The Verlander-Scherzer issue was real, no matter what Verlander and Scherzer say. But one thing that we were not aware of is that Tommy Pham had a few things that he did not like about the Mets team. Tommy Pham, as you may remember, is the guy who walked onto the outfield and bitch slapped Jock Peterson over some fantasy thing. Tommy Pham is the guy traded to the Diamondbacks and is so happy to be on the Diamondbacks. But he, when he was talking to Tim Britton and Will Salmon of The Athletic, by the way, side note, non-commercial endorsement because you don't sponsor me, but you should subscribe to The Athletic, an unbelievable group and collection of writers, insiders, researchers, great work every day. Tommy Pham, when he was traded from the Mets, he had said to Francisco Lindor, and I quote, out of all the teams I played on, and God knows he's played on a lot, and we're gonna talk about what that means. Out of all the teams I played on, this is the least hardest working group of position players I've ever played with. Word got back to the Mets that that's what was said. And that's a bit of an issue. If you are the Mets and you are David Stearns or Billy Epler, or you're in their PR department, which despite all evidence to the contrary, they have a PR department, you need to make sure that you've got players and the manager ready to speak about that because what Tommy Pham was doing was impugning the work ethic of the team. Therefore, by the transitive property of crap, you are saying that the manager, the general manager, the owner, they're running an organization that's no good. So what does it mean that they're the least hardest working group of position players? Does that mean they don't take infield before the game during batting practice? Does it mean that they don't prepare? They're not on the iPad a lot? Does it mean they don't go to the weight room after the game? Does it mean that they drink beer instead of working out after the game? Does it mean they come in late right before stretch instead of coming in early and getting ready and doing a little work before stretch? Does it mean when they're starting a game, they don't spend the time during the game to think about what's happening during the game? Does it mean when there's a ball five feet to their right on the infield, they don't feel like diving for it, so they don't because they wanna do full Corbin Burnson, Jimmy Dorn? It's very unclear what Tommy Pham could have been talking about but it is very clear that a response was required. Buck Showalter nominated to give the response on behalf of management said, Tommy's entitled to his opinion. What works for one player may not work for another. I see the work these guys put in every day. I like that. I like his comment and I'd be the first to tell you when I don't because he's absolutely right.
A, obviously self-explanatory. Everybody is entitled to his own opinion. I love that. As long as your actions don't interfere in my ability to do what I want to do, you are entitled to your opinion to judge what I do, what I don't do, and what I think. As long as there's no criminality and there's an excess of tolerance. But his second sentence is very critical to someone who's been in the game for a long time. And the fact that Tommy Pham did not pick up on that. What works for one player may not work for another. That is extremely true in the sport of baseball and in every sport and in every company, in every business. In school, didn't you ever have a circumstance where you had a student or a friend who had to put in 10 times the amount of work to get a grade that was still five points below your grade? You had the ability to do better with studying less? Or in business, you're way more efficient, you're able to do your job faster and better than someone else who to do their job as well as you has to work 4X harder than you do? That's the same in baseball, that's the same everywhere. And you cannot pin You cannot pin the Mets failure this year on lack of effort. You can pin it on lack of skill. You can pin it on lack of cohesion. You can pin it on, hey, it's one of those years. You can pin it on, we overpaid certain players. No one was able to outperform their contract, which is the single most important requirement to a winning team is outperforming your contract but you can't pin it on a lack of cohesion in the amount of quote unquote work that is done by every single player. Absolutely agree with Buck Showalter on that. Then they had the player speak up because you have to have a player. Jeff McNeil decided with an amount of cajoling that we'll never know from the front office and the PR department that he's going to counter it saying, Guys are super professional around here. We go about our business and everybody comes ready to play and does what they need to do. I love that because again, he's totally right. We've got players who come in and sleep in the, in the training room before a game, that's their preparation. We have guys who come in, get naked, put powder all over their body, walk around the clubhouse and say, all right, I'm ready to go. We have other players who come in and play on their phones, play video games. We have other players who come in and do an unbelievable workout and then go to the video room, then work out, then video room, and then they go to the cage. Everybody has a different system that they use. But how come Brandon Nimmo came out and said that each person needs to assess that individually, speaking of the work ethic, You can only lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink. Ultimately, a lot of this comes down to individuals and what they're willing to do. Uh Uh-oh, the last eight minute segment is now in jeopardy because there's another player who's doing exactly what the Mets don't want to have done. There's a player coming out and saying, hey, he's sort of right. We do have a situation where people are not doing their job, where the work ethic is not what we need it to be. You can only lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink. As he's saying, 
The coaching staff is way above average. They give us all the tools necessary, except some people don't take advantage of those tools and therefore it leads to negative performance. The conclusion is that the Mets have a real problem. And the real problem is that unless they get their house in order and David Stern's first order of business is going to be a culture change, figuring out the best way to get a team with high expectations not to underperform, finding out the best way to get Steve Cohn not to overpay for names that he's heard of in the country clubs, finding a way to get players to actually be a team, not like the Padres, not like the Mets. You cannot cobble together a team of highly priced free agents. You cannot cobble together a team of names that you know and love and say, we will outspend you and we will then win more than you. Because what happens is you end up as the fourth team in history to not win 81 games after winning 100. That'll do it for the Mets. All right. Let's take a break, Coca. When we come back, I'm going to review a movie that I'm going to ask you all to watch in the next 48 hours while I'm doing this challenge. And then we're going to talk about what happened last night with uh, the Giants and the 49ers because it really, really got my goat. We'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson and Matthew Coca coming to you every day, Monday to Friday, live at 8 a.m. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, all the things that you do to keep Nothing Personal going and growing. Our website, davidsampsonpodcast.com. You can find all sorts of cool merchandise. You can find all sorts of clips, all sorts of ways to engage with me, with the show, with Coca. We love hearing your emails. We also have on the website, and on the show right now, you can click the square thing. And that what is that called again? The QR code. And you can get right to Michael J. Fox's donation page. And you can give money to support finding a cure for Parkinson's fully tax deductible. That's why I'm doing this 48 hour challenge with a bunch of great friends and family. My son is doing it too. This 48 hour challenge where we're trying to raise a ton of money because my best friend needs a cure for Parkinson's badly. So the QR code is on the live, nothing personal with David Sampson. Will it be on when people watch this after 8 a.m. Eastern, Coca? Can we keep it on whenever they watch YouTube? Yes, fantastic. There's also a link on the website, buy merchandise, get merchandise for free from us if you donate. $250 or more, please consider it. Also on the website, because you asked for it, is a link to everything we've done on this show since the beginning. Matthew Coca runs a document with every wait to see, with every nothing personal pick of the day, with every movie that we've reviewed, with every word of the day, 
We're not hiding from our archive. We're not hoping that you forget when I can't pick a game or forget when there are mistakes made in a live show without a teleprompter. We want you to be a part of our show. What you will see that I'm reviewing is a movie I watched yesterday and I watched it purposefully. The movie that I watched is called Just One Mile. Just One Mile is about a race that happens. It's called the Mid-State Mile. I want you to picture this race. A hundred people go into the middle of Ekvelt. I think it's in Tennessee. And here's the race. You have 20 minutes to run one mile. I can do that. Anybody can walk a mile in 20 minutes. That's a casual stroll. Except it's on a trail where you go up 340 feet in elevation. You go down 340 feet in elevation on the way back. But here's the kicker. You have to do it every hour. So you run a mile, then you can rest and eat, go to the bathroom, do whatever you want. But then you've got to run another mile and you've got 20 minutes to run your mile. And there's no end to the race. The race ends when there's only one person left and that person runs a mile in under 20 minutes. This movie will knock your socks off. Not only is it a great documentary with amazing characters who are slightly cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because this kind of endurance race is crazy, similar to what I'm about to embark on in terms of the insanity of that. You can follow on at David P. Sampson on Twitter, X, Instagram, the Michael J. Fox Foundation Instagram. Subscribe to that. That's gonna be following this challenge over the next 48 hours. But just one mile, everybody who thinks that they can do it, I cannot wait for you to watch this movie and realize how insanely hard it is to do a mile in 20 minutes and keep doing it hour after hour after hour. Hey, I need six hours of sleep. Nope, the most you're gonna get if you run a 10 minute mile is 50 minutes. Good luck with that. You have to eat, you have to do everything. And there will be a winner to the Mid-State Mile. And you'll be surprised to know that it goes on for a bit longer than you'd expect. I figured people would expect it would go on for about eight hours. Nope quite a bit longer. It's called Just One Mile. All right, so I've told you about my challenge. I wanna give you a way to see that I have to do now just based on, on me and what drives me. My friend, Brett Parker, was diagnosed with Parkinson's at 38 years old. That's early onset Parkinson's. And he does something athletic. He calls it doing epic shit. He did seven marathons in seven days on seven continents with our team Hold the Plane in 2018. He did part of a double marathon. He's run the Boston, New York Marathon within two weeks of each other, all to raise money for finding a cure for Parkinson's. As the years pass, Parkinson's is degenerative and he is not as well today as he was yesterday and he's better today than he will be tomorrow. But the way to see is, is that Brett Parker and I will cross that finish line. We will do all 48 miles in the next two days. We will run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And everyone who has come from near and far, and you'll see them all on social media today. Some people you may recognize, 
will complete it. That is my wait to see. All right, nothing personal pick of the day. Let me start on the football side because it made me tired and angry. 17-12 Niners, we've got the Giants plus 10 and a half. We've got a chance, even though the Giants are injured and they stink, and the Padres, not the Padres, excuse me, 3-8-69. I was annoyed watching the Thursday night game because we had the Giants plus 10 and a half and the Niners at home, better team, but I thought, hey, we can do a backdoor cover. We can get a Sean McVay cover. Nope, Giants plus 10 and a half was an absolute loser. Did you all watch that on Amazon? Are you a part of Amazon? Now that Thursday night football is streaming, do you subscribe to Prime? And then do you shop on Prime days? Because that's really all Jeff Bezos and the rest of Amazon want you to do. They're not really caring too much if you shop, on, if you watch Amazon, they'd like you to shop on Amazon. When businesses have to pay for something, they are going to pass as much of that increased cost on to you, the consumer. Did you think that you were watching Amazon and you didn't have to pay for it? Well, guess what? Not only do you have to pay for it, but you're gonna have to start paying more for it. Today, Friday, September 22nd, there will be an episode of the sporting class released where Pablo Torre, John Skipper and I spend 50 minutes talking about the, some weeks, this week's business issues. We talk about this in detail. Matthew Koch is producing that show as well in addition to nothing personal. Thank you, Matthew. What we didn't mention during that show, which comes out today and was recorded yesterday, but we can mention now because this show is coming out today and it's live today. Amazon has come up with a way to get more money from you and they're going to do it. And the way is that if you wanna watch commercial free, that's the new way that streaming services get you with ads, without ads. We're used to being able to fast forward through ads. That's what DVRing is famous for. On podcasts, you can hit forward 15 seconds, 30 seconds. You can listen to it at 2X, which means that it's not like this when you listen to the podcast in 2X. But now Amazon is going to charge you $2.99 per month as an additional fee in order to keep getting shows, movies, football ad-free. Let's talk about that. Three bucks a month. Doesn't seem terrible, does it? 36 bucks a year in order to save myself from watching ads? I'd much rather do that. Nope. I'm talking about movies, series on Amazon, all things that you're used to without ads. You gotta pay to keep that going. Why? Because Amazon had to pay to get the football. All of these streaming services who are paying to get live content are trying to pass along the expense to you because that's what everybody does. The price of gas goes up, so does the price of your rental car or the price of your plane ticket. The supply of bananas goes down. You want some potassium? Good luck, you're paying more for your nanners. The people who own the companies don't wanna make less money. Don't be ridiculous, that'd be absurd. What else was my pick of the day yesterday? God darn it, dang it. 
How did the Cubs not beat the Pirates? The Cubs are 3-10 in their last 13 games. They used to have a three-and-a-half game lead on the second wildcard team back on September 6th. Now they're behind the Marlins. They're out of the playoffs. Don't forget, the standings will show you that the Cubs are tied with the Marlins for the final playoff spot. That's not correct. The Marlins are in the final playoff spot because there's no game 163 anymore. There are only mathematical tiebreakers. And the Marlins have the tiebreaker over the Cubs, which means for the Cubs to beat the Marlins and get to the playoffs instead of the Marlins, they have to finish a game ahead of the Marlins. So when they're tied with the Marlins, that means they're a game behind the Marlins. I never really liked when standings, when we look at standings, when it shows two teams tied, when you know they're not really tied because they're not. David Ross is the manager of the Chicago Cubs and he went scorched earth after the game last night, which that smells a heck of a lot like desperation. Post game, he said about the Pittsburgh Pirates violating rule number 6.9 of the manager's code of conduct. Do not speak ill of the team on the other side of the diamond. The juice is not worth the squeeze. Don't give anyone bulletin board material. It's silly. David Ross said, that's not a good team talking about the Pirates. That's not a good team that just took two out of three from us. That's not our caliber of team, I believe. We have to turn it around. It's on me. It's on the guys in the room. I'm less interested in the latter part of that quote because that's what all managers say. Oh, it's on us. We've got to take care of it in-house. It's you and I against the world. But why does he have to talk about the Pirates? That doesn't make much sense. Is he trying to motivate them? If anything, he's motivating the Pirates. Who do the Pirates play for the rest of this season, Coca? Do they get to be spoilers? Do they play any potential National League wildcard teams for the rest of their schedule? We're live right now, and I'm going to look. You know why? Because I can. I have this thing in my hand. It's called a computer, and I can actually look to see what the schedule is for a particular team. Or Coca can tell me that the Pirates play all three wildcard teams, Reds, Phillies, Marlins. I wonder whether the Pirates are going to lay down just to screw the Cubs. I wonder if I were the president of the Pirates, would I walk into the clubhouse and say to my manager, hey, do me a favor, make sure that David Ross and the Cubs do not make the playoffs. If that means letting the Reds, Phillies, and Marlins beat us, who cares? Hold on, let me speak to our owner. Hey, Bob Nutting, are we gonna sell fewer than the 5,000 season tickets we have if we don't beat the Reds, Phillies, and Marlins to end the season? Well, not that I can think of there. Why, why do that? All right, I got three picks for you. Friday, what a series we have tonight. Seattle against Texas. I don't know if you know this, but the Houston Astros, the Seattle Mariners, and the Texas Rangers are fighting to win the AL West. But here's the cool part. Because of the Toronto Blue Jays and how well they're doing in the AL East, where the Orioles and the Rays are ready in the playoffs, stay with me. The Blue Jays are trying to be a wild card team, but so are the Mariners, and so are the Rangers, and so are the Astros, except the Mariners, Rangers, and Astros are also trying to win the division. 
The Mariners are playing the Rangers. And the Astros get to play the Mariners next. So guess what they're rooting for? The Astros are rooting for the Mariners to sweep the Rangers. Get rid of the Rangers. Then you can beat the Mariners and get rid of them. Or the Astros are rooting for the Rangers to sweep the Mariners because then the Mariners are done and then you don't even have to sweep the Mariners to continue them being done. What do those two things have in common what the Astros are rooting for this weekend when the Astros, when the Mariners play the Rangers? A sweep. The Mariners do play the Rangers. It is unlikely to be a sweep. It's more likely to be a 2-1 victory for one team or the other. And we're starting with the Mariners winning game one of this series, which then will have the Astros rooting for the Mariners to win game two. But we're not going to talk about game two. We're only talking about game one. Mariners over the Rangers. And yes, teams do all the time root for other teams to do certain things because we sit in the clubhouse, we're eating donuts, we're eating tacos, we're eating Chick-fil-A, and we're trying to figure out what is our best path to playing in October, assuming that we haven't been eliminated. Saturday, what a big possible playoff preview. Brewers, Marlins. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to win their division, not the Cardinals. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to play the third seeded wild card in the wild card round. Right now, the Marlins are the third seeded wild card. This could be a preview of the wild card series. On Saturday, you've got Lazardo going against Woodruff. The Brewers have a rotation that would make anybody jealous with Burns and Woodruff and Peralta. The Marlins have young pitching that would make many, many people jealous, including the possibility of Sandy Alcantara coming back and pitching, even though I thought he was going to have to get Tommy John, but he had a start in the minor leagues yesterday. No one wants to face either of those two teams in a short series because you can cover up all sorts of offensive woes if the other team can't score. Of course, the Marlins have some injuries to deal with. The Brewers are not exactly a juggernaut. But that said, when you're playing each other, do you not do things because you're going to play them maybe two weeks later in the playoffs? No, this is not like football where you keep a few plays or you don't run a few plays because you're saving it for when you play that team in the playoffs. It's not like that at all. In fact, it's the opposite. The Marlins would like to send a message to the Brewers. The Brewers would like to send a message to the Marlins. I'm taking Luzardo and the Marlins. The Marlins, if you haven't watched them, they're fun to watch. Hopefully, Arise can come back from his ankle. Sunday. We've got the Dallas Cowboys, the aforementioned Jerry Jones. He's getting the rose from Gianni. He's taking the rose and he's walking down to his locker room right now. And he's saying to Trevon Diggs, I would like to give you this rose. I would like to give you this rose plus $95 million. Diggs said, thank you. I appreciate that contract. And don't be upset with me when I tear my ACL. The Cowboys lost Diggs yesterday. These injuries are piling up. He tore his ACL between Chubb's injury, Rogers' injury, 
Diggs injury. It is really quite something. Turf, grass, we've debated it. But I'll tell you, one thing that owners are dealing with and have always been dealing with and will continue to deal with is what to do about all of these injuries. Well, injury or not, the Cowboys are giving 12 to the Cardinals. Despite the Cardinals having a 20-0 lead over the Giants after one half last week and then losing to the Giants 31-28, despite the fact that Kyler Murray is out and not quarterback for the Cardinals because he tore his ACL, despite the fact that the Giants and Cardinals and others will be fighting in chaos for Caleb, trying to get Caleb Williams, the fact is the Cowboys are the best team in football right now. And giving 12 points to the Cardinals, that seems like a give me. That's the sort of game where the final score is 40 to three. So I like that pick. So to review, Mariners over Rangers in the not quite yet sponsored yet, but I have gotten emails talking about the possibility of such Rangers on Friday. Luzardo and the Marlins over the Brewers on Saturday and the Cowboys giving 12 to the Cardinals on Sunday. Well, Monday is a holiday. It's a fast day. It's Yom Kippur. It's where you get to atone for all of your sins. If you're Jewish and you spend a year sinning, you spend one day in temple on Monday, you atone for all of them and you start again Tuesday morning. That is my kind of holiday. I'm not going to confession once a day, once a week, forget it. Once a year, I bring out my Jim Carrey list and then I get to start over. However, we're also gonna have a show. And in theory, I will still be recovering. I may have to do the show standing up because I may not be able to sit down. I may not be able to feel my legs. I may be bloodied, wet, battered, and COVID ridden. But I'll tell you what, we're gonna raise a lot of money for Parkinson's to find a cure. And we are now gonna start this challenge in one hour and 15 minutes. Thank you for your generosity, your support. It means more to me than you know. I appreciate you for sticking with us day in, day out, show in and show out. 45 minutes of your time that we don't take for granted. Have a safe, great weekend. We'll see you Monday. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.